Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, Child and Teen Development Specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together, and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now, it's not easy to be a teenage girl. Dealing with cliques, bullying, rejection, and social media fiascos can be overwhelming and disheartening. So yes, being a parent or a key adult in the lives of teen girls can also be a challenge. How do we best advise the teen girls for whom we only want the best when we don't always know which way is up? Our teen girls are going through so many important changes, physical, emotional, social, cognitive. They are learning what they like, who they like, who they are, and who they want to be. This is big stuff. So if you had the opportunity, what would you truly want the teen girls in your life to know? What would you want them to take in about popularity, friendship, relationships, reputation, and belief in themselves? As it turns out, we do have the opportunity to talk to our girls about all of these important areas of development and experience. And if we haven't yet embarked on these discussions, we can start now. Carrie Kampakis is a blogger, author, speaker, and columnist from Birmingham. Her two books for teen and tween girls, 10 Ultimate Truths Girls Should Know and Liked, Whose Approval Are You Living For?, have been used widely across the country by small groups to empower girls through faith. She is also in the process of writing another book on mothers and daughters. Carrie's work has been featured on the Huffington Post, the Today Show, along with other national outlets. She and her husband, Harry, have four daughters and a dog named Lola. Learn more by visiting CarrieCampakis.com and finding Carrie on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. And all of these links will be in the show notes of this show. I am so excited to have you on the show. So welcome, Carrie, to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you for having me, Dr. Robin. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Before we get into the flow of things, for those who haven't yet read your work or heard you speak, what gets you up in the morning and what inspired you to focus on teen girls as your life's work? Well, I have four daughters and one is nine years old. The other three are, um, two are teenagers. The third's about to be a teenager. So I would say my nine-year-old is usually the one getting me up in the morning because she's the only one who still wakes up early. Mm. Um, but they, you know, my, really, my, my passion is my children and through my children, I developed a, a passion for writing for teen girls and also for the mothers of those teen girls, um, just to really bring those two worlds together and um, to bring my love for writing together with my love for family and just to really share our experiences, share a lot of the aha moments that I've had, a lot of the mistakes that I've made and what I've learned from them. And also, as you know, it's, you know, whenever you put something out there, it's really what you get back from the people who you're talking to, the stories that they give you in return and the, the feedback and the things that you learn from them. I feel like, you know, putting our minds together, we could be so much stronger and more effective as parents. Mm, I agree with that. And I feel like this podcast has become like a masterclass for so many of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I learned so much from my guests. It's such a privilege and it looks like the audience of amazing listeners are really getting a lot out of it as well as they've messaged me as they participate in discussions on Facebook or on Twitter and Instagram. 
and we've actually just recently surpassed a quarter of a million downloads. So it looks like, you know, your words are going to fall on some very eager ears. And I'm so excited to, to get started with everything today. So let's start on a personal note and that sort of collides with your professional work. As you mentioned, and as I read, you will officially have three teenage daughters uh, coming this mm-hmm. fall, ages 17, 14, and 13, as well as your soon-to-be 10 year old girl. So now from experience, as well as from your professional investigation, what is this stage of parenting like versus raising younger girls? You know, it's funny. I I thought I was so busy when they were younger, but I'm even busier at this stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's less time to just stop and reflect and really think about what I'm doing because especially the moment school gets out. I mean, we are going until eight o'clock that night. We are doing carpools and dinner and homework. And, um, you know, and it's funny, you think but having those eight to three hours, you would be able to get a lot more done. And it is good to have that break, but there's just a lot more emotions. Uh, the problems get bigger as your children get older. Uh, there's usually somebody who's unhappy or something going on. So there's just a lot more of a mental load to juggle as a mom. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think, I don't want to make it sound like it's all negative. I um, I do, I love my children even more the older they get as I get to see their personalities and we can have deep conversations. It's really fun and there's there's such a rewarding aspect to this stage. But I do think that it's it's harder. It's a lot more complicated. And for me, I feel like it's a little bit harder to find parenting advice because things aren't so cut and dry and there's a lot more diversity in parenting at this age than when kids were little. Mm. And, um, and then you're also protecting, you know, your teenager's privacy. And I hear that a lot from moms that they are struggling with something and they're not sure who to trust or who to open up to, or they want their teenager to keep opening up to them. And so they've got to really be sensitive to protect that privacy yet they're struggling and need advice. Mm. So that's why I think resources like your podcast are so helpful because it, it offers those springboards for conversation that parents really need. Mm. Well, thank you for saying so. I really appreciate that. And it, it is so important that all of us come together and provide as much of uh, advice and a sounding board and questions to ponder, um, as well as a community where parents can mm. ask whatever they, they have on their minds. I, I love that in the beginning of your book for girls, uh, you say, I don't know which way your life is swaying right now, whether you're living the dream or gasping for air, but either way, I have some truths to center you. So Mm -hmm. let's start with the very first truth, which is kindness is more important than popularity. Many of our listeners have daughters, or teen girls in their lives. We've got a lot of coaches listening. We've got a lot of teachers listening. And we see what happens when a desire for popularity can make our girls do things or say things that are unkind and frankly counter to who they are, um, Mm -hmm. our values and what we hope for them. Sometimes they are on the receiving end of ugly behavior, which is extremely painful to watch. Um, and to know that that's happening. So what's going on here? And what would you want every teen girl to know when they are feeling under pressure to be popular and to be liked by the popular girls? Right. I just think that, you know, you can't go wrong doing what's right. And even if the people all around you are not being kind, even if they're doing the wrong thing, you've got to have that strength of character and doing the right thing. And you may not see a payoff immediately. You know, it may not, you know, usually at that age, girls are not going to be rewarded necessarily for being kind. But as people get older, especially even as they move into high school from the middle school years, I do think a lot of people get smarter when, you know, once you've been burned by a friend or been around unkind people, you can sometimes learn lessons that just make you decide you never want that again in your life, Mm. that from now on, you only want kind friends. So I do think in the long run, um, kindness is not only the right thing to do, but it really leads to better relationships because you know, when you're friends with kind people, when you're a kind person and you attract those people into your life, those are the friendships that are going to last 20 or 30 years. Mm. And and what I see a lot of in my work, and, um, and it was funny when I wrote this book, I thought most of the struggles that I would hear about from the girls would relate to boys or things like that. 
But I would say 95% of the emails I get from girls and mothers, it all relates to friendship issues. And a lot of it is issues inside existing friendships, the, the friend groups that they think, you know, are their good friends. And they're still feeling lonely or left out or excluded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really goes back to kindness. Like who, what is your goal? Are you wanting to be in the popular crowd, even if they're not going to be kind to you? And I'm not saying that you can't be popular and kind, because in some cases, the kind people are the popular mm-hmm. people in that grade. So I think that is definitely possible. But it's really, you know, what is your goal? If you're trying to do anything to get into a group, then you're going to conform to whatever the norm of that group is. Versus if you're if you just want to be kind, you're not only looking at group A over here. You just want to be kind to everyone. You want to cast a wide net and just really have friendships in lots of different areas of your life. And I think ultimately those are the people who end up happiest that don't have a narrow group of friends. They have lots of friends with lots of different interests um, and just a wide network. Yeah, some of the things that I've heard from girls more recently than I ever heard before when I'm presenting is this idea of this friendship group, you know, this Mm -hmm. is very important these days, this friendship group. I mean, that's even the language they use. Like, I want to make sure I have this friendship group. I want to be in the, you know, when they're texting, I want to be part of a friendship group. When they're going somewhere, I want to be part of a friendship group. And I have seen and I have heard from girls that, they sometimes lose their friendship group because mm-hmm. one person has decided that they're on the outs or um, they said or did something that somebody didn't like and they get kind of get pushed out somehow. I've also seen it where the interests sort of change and it's really uncomfortable um, where the, the, the girls are going in one direction where they're like maybe started drinking or doing something that's counter to what another one of the girls in the friendship group are interested in. So what would you say directly to a girl who feels like she's on the outs of a friendship group all of a sudden and feels alone and in, in pain? That is a great question. And I hear that all the time. And I do think a lot of times girls that are in that position will still do anything they can to get into the good graces of that group. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, why do you want to be friends with people who aren't kind to you or who don't like you or don't care that you're around? But, um, but I know it's just that it's that need that they have to belong. But what I would say is that, you know, you've got to, you want to have real friends and, Um, And you're right. A lot of times these friend groups, they seem like great security. But then as the interests change or people start making different decisions, you start seeing those fissures in there. Mm. And I see a lot of that. But um, but I know one girl who got kicked out of her friend group and she realized that she deserved better. So she decided she just started making new friends, one friend at a time and kind of did away with that whole concept of finding a new group. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of these girls, what I, what I see in this day and age is I think it's from Instagram. They say, oh, this is my tribe. These are my girls. Mm. They want that group and they think there's that security in that group. But um, yes, yeah, somebody turns on them or something happens. They have nowhere to go because they can't get into another group. Yes. It's kind of, it's crazy. It's like gangs or right. something. Right. It <laughs> and, is crazy. It yeah. is crazy. It just feels like it's either all or nothing. It's not like, right. you know, one person was, up, you know, not kind to you and then you move on to another person. There's like an entire group process that has to happen these days. Right. And there's just such loneliness and feeling that everybody has a group except for you. Yes. But what this girl did that I really admired was she just started making friends one by one. And she just started reaching out to girls who were kind and people that she really looked up to and respected. And she started from scratch Mm -hmm. and she ended up being really happy. And it helped that she had just turned 16. So she had that ability to say, hey, let's go meet for coffee or let's Mm. go to lunch or let's go shopping. Mm. And I just really think that that's how friendships are built, not by you just inserting yourself into a group, but by you making connections one by one Mm. with individuals, you know, developing those those strong ties. Because, you know, ultimately, you know, it's great to have a group, but you're going to change. Your group is going to change. And there's not as much security in there as you think. Mm-hmm. So I just think that, you know, just focusing on one-on-one relationships, that's what's going to bring the most happiness. Yes. And if you, like yeah. a powerful question of asking, you know, who's one person who mm-hmm. you admire or who's one person who's very kind or who's one person that you'd like to get to know is so much um, easier to take in than what group would you want to be in? Because that's a lot. Right, yeah. right. And that seems like an impossible feat. Like, yes. how do I go get into that group? Right. <laughs> and there's, 
You really don't. You can't just go insert yourself into a group, but you can make connections one-on-one with people that you connect with and and admire. And I think that's the route to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Really good advice. Now, when I work with girls um, or their moms or speak to audiences of people who work with girls, and I'm sure you see this too, I I often focus on strengths. I mean, I saw that in your book too. and, And for me, it is exactly where we really need to lie. I believe that young people are assets to be developed, not deficits to be managed. That's how I govern my entire life. So Mm -hmm. your chapter on confidence in oneself and, you know, your ability to fly really resonated with me, especially the aspect of reframing a feature about oneself that seems to be a burden right now to a teen girl. Mm -hmm. You say, Every characteristic you possess serves a purpose. They are all tools in the toolbox you'll carry through life. Each tool is necessary and important. You have to trust the tools God gave you. Now, Mm -hmm. how can reframing what a girl might view as a burden right now, or honestly that others might see as a burden, you're too loud, you're too studious, you're too bossy, you're too lackadaisical, be the very thing that helps the girl to fly in life? And how can we relay this to our girls? Right. Well, just this morning, I shared an article on Facebook about a friend of mine who used to say that her daughter, when she was a toddler, when she was little, used to drive her crazy because she was very strong willed. She was very feisty and she just wanted her to be calm and easy. Mm -hmm. And um, when her daughter was two, she took her just to a routine pediatrician checkup. Some of her blood work was off. And so they said, well, you need to go to Children's. We think it's okay, but just to be sure. So they did some more blood work, and it turned out they found out within a day that she had cancer, Mm -hmm. childhood cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, and this child is one of my daughter's best friends now. She's now 13. She's doing fantastic. But obviously, Mm -hmm. that was a scary time. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what the future held. The mom was obviously terrified. But it was so, she had so much wisdom in that period. I learned so much from her. She went through that. And one thing that she later told me was that that personality, that personality of her daughter that used to drive her nuts. She said, that is exactly what carried her through these treatments. Mm -hmm. Because when you get cancer at age two, it requires really aggressive and just grueling treatments. Mm -hmm. And she's like, my other kids could not have handled that. Mm -hmm. But you know, God gave her that armor for, Mm -hmm. um, for for a reason to help mm-hmm. her be able to handle what she would go through. And I just think that's really important for us to remember as parents that, I mean, we all have traits that can have an upside and a downside. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you have a strong willed child, you know, instead of just trying to tamper that and think that, you know, make them calm and easy, think that that person could be a really great leader. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's a child that you might not have to worry as much about being persuaded by the group or doing something that she really doesn't want to do, that there definitely is an upside and if she can learn to channel that 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 leadership and those that strength in a good way to protect others and to be a positive influence, she could really move mountains in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we we often talk about how some of these these characteristics of our young kids that drive mm-hmm. us the most crazy <laughs> are the very things that are the best features for them as an adolescent, as an adult. Like, of course you want your kid to be, you know, be able to speak their mind. But, you know, at a two years <laughs> old and three years old, you're like, ah, you know. Um, or, you know, the, the child who is so meticulous about the building that they're making and you're like, it's fine, it's just good enough. You know, it's good enough as it is, but who do you want to be your surgeon later on in life, right? Exactly. I mean, so it is, it's really is, a a good way of reframing in your Mm -hmm. own head, but also to the child so that they understand that the thing that they feel like other people are judging poorly, oh, she's so studious, you know, she's, you know, she's doing this in school, she's doing that, that these are things that can be reframed later on um, so that, that she understands that they will, they can serve her extremely well throughout her life. Exactly. I could not agree more. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for moms to know that too, because we beat ourselves up and I'm always, I'll look at other moms and I'm like, Oh, I wish I could be more more laid back like her. Oh yes. So-and-so like her. Laid back. That'd be nice. Yes. Yes. Yes, Exactly. Like, what is that like? (laughs) (laughs) How does that feel? Yes, exactly. But you know, I think there's definite strengths. I mean, you know, you know, you're our personalities. We like to get things done. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're doers and you need, you need those strengths in this world too, just as much as you 
need the people who will help you rest and relax mm, and just absolutely. see that bigger picture. Yes, absolutely. It is important for all of us to see that. And in a, a culture that really seems to underscore perfectionism, which doesn't exist and need to be mm -hmm. successful when in a world where failure is absolutely part of the road to success, um, you know, it's, it's important to remember that all of these characteristics can serve us and that each one of us brings something to the table. Can't all be the same. That would be not only boring, but terrifying. So I think it's an important thing. There's a, a chapter that you do that is a very sticky, sticky situation, reputation. It's a hard topic to discuss um, with our girls. We, first of all, it can be uncomfortable because we wind mm -hmm. up, you know, needing to get into topics that can feel a little off center for parents to discuss with kids when we've done how to talk about sex here and we've talked about how to talk about porn and selfies that are nude selfies and sexting and you know so reputation it can be uncomfortable and we'll just put high beams on that we recognize mm -hmm. it we get it we don't want to also shame girls for decisions they make and yet right. we have an impulse to want to protect our girls from being targeted even before she's known personally as an individual, you say that your reputation is only as good as your last bad choice. And that is yikes. So what do we want to relay to girls about reputation? And how can parents um, and other key adults in, in girls' lives discuss this with their girls without restricting them from becoming themselves or shaming them for the decisions they've made? Right. Well, um, I guess it's just, you know, unfortunately, we have such a double standard in this world mm -hmm. that a boy and a girl in junior high can make very similar decisions. And 30 years from now, people may not remember the boy's decision, but they'll remember the girl's decision. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is a two way street is just helping girls remember and our boys, too, that, you know, we do our choices do form our reputation. And for little kids, it could be as simple as, okay, if you have a, a habit of lying, then if you, um, if people know that you lie and you have a reputation for that, one day you may be telling the truth, but people are going to question it or maybe not believe you because of your reputation as a liar. Mm. And so I think that it really, you can start these conversations early that it affects your relationships. It affects the way that people look at you. And, um, but also we've got to introduce that element of grace and forgiveness. And, you know, we all mess up and then we all get to start over the next morning and we, we have new mercies the next morning. Um, I approach my book from a place of faith and basically that, you know, our world can be very unforgiving. They may not forgive something or forget something you did 30 years ago, but I believe we do serve a God who is very forgiving and merciful. And even if we do make mistakes, whether you are a believer of faith or not, um, I do that. We've all seen as adults that, you know, bad mistakes we've made in the past can be used for good. You know, sometimes it's our mistakes that open the door once we um, decide to to learn from our mistakes and maybe choose a different path. Mm -hmm. And, you know, good things can come from that, that nothing in our life is a waste, even when we mess up, which we all do. I mean, I think we all can look at our younger years and teenage years and just wish we had done things differently. Mm -hmm. But it all works out, you know, as long as we grow from those lessons and maybe don't stay on a bad path that we maybe started down, if we could kind of, you know, turn it around, it's never too late to do that. Mm -hmm. So so if you're you have a girl who's sitting in front of you and she's a let's say she's uh, thinking about going to a party and she's aware that at that party, there's going to be some some things going on that maybe she doesn't want to participate in, might feel pressured to participate in, whether it's drinking or doing just things that maybe are counter to what she has been do doing in the past. What are some of the things that you would want to discuss with her in light of this piece on reputation? Right. You know, I think something that teenagers and girls especially may not understand is that, you know, where you go and who you hang out with, sometimes you can end up in a situation that you never intended. Mm. And it may be a party where some, some bad things go down and, you know, some bad things happened. And if you're there, you know, you don't want that on your conscience. You know, mm -hmm. you don't want if somebody was hurt or something happened that, you know, you don't want to be... Um, 
you know, you can end up in a bad situation. Like here's another example. I went to this um, situational awareness class with my daughters the other day, preparing for this trip they have coming up with the school. And one thing that the police officer said was that, you know, a jewel, uh, somebody can offer a jewel to a teenager. And if there's, there's some form of heroin that you can put into a jewel. Mm. And he said, one puff of today's heroin can get them blitzed out of their mind. Mm. And it just really hit me that, wow, you know, who your friends are and where you go really matters. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in the wrong place, then sometimes things can happen that, you know, shouldn't happen that Mm -hmm. people that you might not, you think you can trust, but if they're making bad decisions, they may not think it's a, a, you know, it's a big deal to help you make a bad decision and you may end up going down a road that you really never intended to go down. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. It's tricky. It's, mm-hmm. it's so tricky. And there's no, I mean, there's no, none of us can predict the future or know what's going to happen at every party. But I just, um, I think that having a spirit of discernment, just really trusting your gut instincts. And if you feel like a party may not be the, the best place to go that night, then maybe trusting that instinct and not doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, you know, making sure your your child always knows that you're there to pick them up whenever they want to. Right. You know, you can have a code, code word or somehow make it clear that no matter what time it is, you're available to pick her up and get her out of the situation and, and perhaps even playing out exactly how that would be done if, uh, if she feels like it's it's not the right space for her this idea of reputation I was actually I've spoken about this a bunch of times especially given online reputations these days and talking about there were boys who had said some really really terrible things sort of in a joking manner in a Facebook group and everybody was involved even though they're laughing along you know they wound up being reprimanded for being part of that and those boys who had been admitted to Harvard actually the, mm-hmm. the they were told they can't come anymore so even that though that was years prior they wound up getting some really really harsh consequences from it so understanding that the 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 choices that you make today may not reflect who you want to be tomorrow or who you are mm-hmm. the next you know in the next couple of years so we do need to be careful with it making sure that we represent ourselves in a way that we're that makes us feel proud and and makes us feel confident in who we are mm-hmm. that's such a great point and i when I really think about it, whatever choices a teenager is making, I just I have such a heart for all of them because yeah. they truly are growing up in a fishbowl. It's so hard. And yeah. it's so hard. I mean, and one mistake that they make can be immortalized on no, social media that is tough. or the Internet. And it's not fair and yeah. it's not right. And a lot of, you know, when we talk about reputation, the 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 labels that people give, you know, give each other, they're not right. It's not, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have this. But we live in a very broken world, a very judgmental world. And one thing I recently saw in a little newsletter close to home was um, the person said, we live in a world where everything is permissible, but nothing is forgivable. Mm. And I just, isn't that good? Mm. (laughs) And I thought, that's right, because our our teenagers are told anything goes, you know, you do you, you live your life. But then there's this some invisible line. And as soon as they cross it, all of a sudden they're, you know, the heathen or they're getting labeled. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to break free of that reputation or that label. Um, once it's there, it's not impossible, but it just, it'll take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a lot for a teenager to handle. You know, yes, that. yes, exactly. Sue Schaff, who wrote Shame Nation, and I know you've uh, heard of her, and she's been on my podcast. She says, what goes online stays online. There is no rewind. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just important for our kids to remember that that, you know, things that they say may sort of be scattered off with the wind, but things online where they're actually seen and screenshotted and sent and, yeah, it can be very difficult to escape them. And you're right, it's not fair given that teenagers are learning and they're growing and they mm-hmm. are going to make mistakes. And certainly I wouldn't want to be immortalized for the things that I did when I was a teenager. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So as as parents and coaches and teachers of teen girls, what would you really hope the key adults know and do and say when it comes to teen girls in their lives so that they can help them 
thrive during this stage in life. I mean, if you're a coach or a teacher or a parent and you really want to impress upon them that you're there for them and the key things that you'd want them to know, what would you hope these key adults said to these girls? You know, one thing I have really learned in recent years that I would I would say is just to really try to have a relationship with them mm -hmm. because teenagers are very relationship driven. And um, I think there's a Donald Miller quote. He said something like, nobody's going to listen to you if they think that you don't like them. And teenagers are smart. You know, they, they know when somebody's just trying to jump into their life and give them advice. Mm. And so nobody wants, nobody wants to be somebody else's project or mm. nobody wants somebody just to come in and try to fix them. And that's our tendency as adults and even parents sometimes. And I feel like when I entered the teen years, that was kind of my mentality. Like I, I know it all and I'm, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, I can do this. And obviously when your, your kids get older, they start rebelling against that. They're not going to listen to you. And that causes a lot of tension. So it took a lot of soul searching on my part and a lot of looking at my own pride and trying to humble myself to be like, okay, you know, I need a different approach because this is just driving me and my teenager further apart. And if I want to have a voice in their life, I've got to have a relationship too. So for me, I think the challenge as a parent or coach or anything as for teenagers, well, really, I guess parents are the only ones that have the rules, but to try to have a relationship and also rules, you know, you have to have both. Um, but for somebody that's an outsider, that's a key role in a teenager's life is to really have a relationship with them. You know, mm -hmm. they, they've got to feel that you see them, that you appreciate them and that you love them and that you want what's best for them. Because I think the number one thing, and this is true across the board in every socioeconomic group, is that people want to feel seen. And there are a lot of people walking around today, especially teenagers that feel invisible. Mm -hmm. They, um, you know, they're growing up in this era of superstars that these teenagers are making 34s on the ACTs and getting into five Ivy League schools. And, and they're like, well, I'm nothing compared to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, there's just a lot going on. And, um, and even the most popular, I mean, you know, I hear across the board, popular, beautiful, it doesn't matter. They still feel like they're underappreciated mm -hmm. or that maybe overlooked. And I think a lot of it is that we don't really have that culture of kindness and looking at others. We are, you know, a lot more narcissistic than we were maybe 10 years ago as a mm -hmm. society. Uh, we spend a lot of time thinking about how people make us feel, but we don't really think about how we're making other people feel. Mm. And so as a result, we all end up feeling kind of lonely and disconnected mm -hmm. um, because we're thinking about ourselves a lot, but not really other people. Mm. Mm -hmm. Let that sink in, people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a hard truth right there, and it's really important for us to realize that they, it actually helps to put us in a little bit more control of reaching out and saying mm -hmm. the, there is an antidote to that, and that is changing the lens. Michelle Borba talks about being, you know, unselfie, making sure that you are looking outward and connecting with others and empathizing with others so that mm -hmm. we can create create more of a community based on kindness and on empathy, which she truly believes is the answer to bullying, to loneliness, to all the things that are sort of breaking us apart in schools and in our communities today. Right. And I agree completely. Yeah. And I think even the problems we see, whether it's a group of boys or girls, you know, doing something on the internet that gets some help, makes them their offer to a college be revoked. You know, if, if we work on those heart issues, if we do work on being more kind and more empathetic, then our choices are going to be different. We're not as likely to go make fun of people and tease people mm -hmm. and be that kind of person that um, makes it make those kind of choices that can really lead to some painful consequences. Mm -hmm. And speaking of those boys, that actually is one of your one of your truths in your in your book that you, this sort of stems from the reputation chapter. I mean, you talk about interacting with boys and so much changes between boys and girls and their relationships and how they view one another and how they spend time with one another as girls are entering those teen years. And your truth in that chapter really cuts through when you write, chasing boys doesn't make you cool, it makes you a nuisance. So yeah. let's talk about what your view is re regarding this and what you would want girls to know about relationships with boys during the teen years. You know, I always say chase your dreams, not boys, mm. because, you know, I think the one mistake so many girls make is they make a boy the center of their universe and they don't, they don't, they don't build themselves and become the person they're supposed to be because they're pouring all their time and energy into this relationship. 
and that boy becomes their everything and then they break up and they're lost and don't know who they are. And, um, and I think of a few friends I have, I have one friend that said, you know, when she was in high school, she had this boyfriend and she said he was running for class office. So she helped him all night long, make these posters for his class, you know, the thing the next day. And she didn't study for a test that she had. So she said he won the election and she got a C on her test. No, bummer. Yeah, so she just says, you know, sometimes you just look back and you wish that you you could still have that relationship, but don't make it the center of your universe. Mm -hmm. And it'll be a much healthier relationship if you do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, you know, when you do have that healthy mindset toward boys, it's going to attract healthier minded boys into your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is one of those very hard truths that we often have to experience. I certainly did in in my life in middle school and high school when boys became part of my life and I absolutely spent too much time with my boyfriend at the time and not enough time with my friends and it Mm -hmm. came blown right back in my face. It was a very tough lesson to learn but one that I never forgot. So uh, sometimes sometimes those lessons are, are really important to experience. And we, as much as we may warn kids about the relationships in their lives, spending too much time with one girl, spending too much time with one boy, one person right. can, can often backfire. And we don't know until it actually happens. That may not be the right route. So keeping that in mind, uh, even as we're talking about these things, sometimes our girls are going to just do it anyway. Uh, Yes. And and that's something I've really realized in recent years with teenagers too, is that I feel like we spend those early years planting all the seeds and then they have it in them, but sometimes it is only through a real life experience of their own that that seed is going to sink in. Yes. Yes. You're like, oh, that's what you were talking about. Yes. Remember you were talking about that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, as a, as a mom specifically, or as a key female in a, in a girl's life, we're sort of in a unique position. We've been through it, but we and we we have these connections with our girls in our lives. We want we want only the best for them, of course. But what messages do you feel like we should be sending our girls about our relationship, about growing up female in in the society, about their ability to bless this world in so many ways? And when it frankly can be so hard to raise a teen girl. I mean, let's just be honest here that there are times mm-hmm. when we are wringing our hands and we are pulling our hair out because we don't like what they're doing or we don't like them in that moment. So right. what should moms really know about raising teen girls? I think one of the best practices anything any of us can do is to really remember ourselves as teenagers and then think about the people in our life who loved us where we are, where we were at that moment. And I had to do a lot of that soul searching as I was writing my first book for teen girls. And I wrote a chapter and my um, editor, you know, emailed me back and she said, this is a great start, but you sound like a mom. And if you sound like a mom, the girls are not going to listen. And so she told me, you know, write it instead as more of a wise big sister and remember yourself as a teenager. She said, channel your teenage self. And so I was thinking, oh, that sounds fun. I loved being a teenager. But as I really went back and I realized I'd kind of buried some of the unpleasant memories and I had to really dig those back up, I realized I just remembered all the insecurity and just, you know, some of the dumb things I did or dumb things I thought. And and I just realized, oh, wow, you know, but my parents still loved me. You know, they still you know, they still love me even in that place, just like they love me where I am now. And I really think that's important for us to know as parents is to just love, whether it's our child or somebody else, love people where they are as they are and see their potential. You know, know that we all have so much potential than what any of the world can see. And um, and one a visual that really drove that home for me was last year, my husband and I went to Italy for a, an anniversary trip and we saw the, um, all the work of Michelangelo, which is just amazing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to see the David, which is obviously one oh, of his mas- yes. masterpieces, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're just I was crying. It was so amazing. But there were some sculptures around David. And our tour guide told us that, you know, when Michelangelo looked at a block of marble, he said that he could see this figure hidden inside. And that was his goal was to chip away the stone to get to that figure he, he saw hidden inside. And there are in that gallery, there are these half finished sculptures where you see like half of a person coming out of the stone and you kind of 
understand maybe what he was seeing at the time that we couldn't see. And I really think that we're like that as human beings, that we look at each other and we don't see that untapped potential inside. But every human being has so much more inside them than what any of us believe they're made of. And so as for teen girls or whoever, you know, you've got to believe in your inner potential and know that even if nobody else sees it or nobody else is building you up, that it's there. And on the adult side, you know, we can really, you know, talk to these girls and say, this is what I see in you. These are your strengths. You know, I could see you becoming a doctor or I could see you using your skills of empathy to become a counselor or a psychologist, you know, really helping them see themselves in a new light and building their confidence that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's vital that we continue, you know, continue to reflect back to our girls the the strengths that we see when so often they're told about their faults, their failures are highlighted, and we're wired to see the faults in in ourselves and in others, and and mm-hmm. so it is it becomes increasingly important to reflect back these strengths, especially when competition is is playing out so often um, in in so many areas of of our our children's lives and competition in is sort of skewed in certain areas you know who's the best student who's the best athlete you know and what if you're not uh, the best student or the best athlete or you don't even like sports like where does that leave you when you don't even know that what you bring to the table is is appetizing or important in some in some regard we really do as key adults whether it's a parent or an educator or coach to be able to bring those things out and say i see that you're meticulous and this is the way i see that really helping you and Mm -hmm. this is why i think it's so awesome and cool and important or you know you notice everything and i wow when you can notice these types of things that's that's a big deal not everybody sees things the way that you do this is how that'll help you so i really think that the highlighting a child's strengths is not any small thing in a in a girl's Mm -hmm. life in anybody's life. I agree. And and I think too, I've, I've thought about this a lot in the last year, really emphasizing those, in, those invisible gifts, because, you know, there are so many people and their, their gifts are, they're really good at relationships or they're mm. really empathetic. They're really kind. They're really bi- good at building community. And that might not make them a lot of money in a job, but it will bring them a lot of happiness in life. And I do think that those invisible skills are really underestimated and just helping you know children see that yes you've got these skills these visible skills to change the world but you've also got these invisible skills that can change the world because it's helping you and others build better relationships mm-hmm. and ultimately all of our happiness you know you see all these studies a 90 year study on happiness and it really boils down to having warm right. relationships right those connections what, yes yes and so i think that's something that we don't talk about enough with our children is just you know, it's great to find success and chase your dreams, but also ultimately what's going to bring you the most joy are the relationships you have in life. Mm. And that and those t- that takes skills <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to keep those relationships and mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to love to love people well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I agree. And and, you know, the other sort of flip side of, of the parenting piece is that, you know, we have to discipline our girls at this, you know, at this age. And, and I don't mean discipline like back in the timeouts and, and that kind of thing, but th- there are consequences for, for actions and we grapple with this as our children are becoming adults. It can be hard on everybody. Um, we want to advise them and we want them to make good choices. If your daughter is feeling frustrated with you or hurt by you, or I mean, you just don't get it, understand and, you know, all of that. What would you hope a parent would say to a girl who, you know, that girl Mm -hmm. is frustrated with their parent, they're irritated, they feel like she doesn't understand, he doesn't understand her. What what would you hope that the, the parent says to their girl in this time when they're still needing to be the parent? but they're also trying to create a a, a trusting, loving, wonderful relationship through these teen years. Right. Well, I think that as parents, and I tell my children this, that sometimes we have to make decisions that they're not going to understand. And, And that's okay. That sometimes they might not understand it now, but my goal is when they're 40, they can look back and be like, okay, now I get it. I know my mom had to make that decision. They'll be in a different place. But when I'm having tension with a daughter too, I, you know, I, 
I have to be their mom, but I also ask, I also have learned to say, okay, tell me why you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it take it took me kind of toughening up a little bit yeah. to be able to hear that because it's not easy. You know, we, we like to believe we're doing a good job and that we don't have room to improve and we clearly do. But, you know, some I'm like, tell me what what am I what am I not seeing? And so just really listening and hearing them out. And even if I don't agree a hundred percent with what they're saying, probably the majority of the times they will make some valid points that they're like, or you react too quickly or you, and I'm like, you know what? They're right. Mm. I do. And, and I have learned is if, if I hear them out and they say certain things and I, and I admit when they say something and I agree with it, like you're right. I never really realized that about myself. That's kind of a blind spot that I have. And I'm going to try to work on that. That really changes the relationship because mm. it, mm-hmm. I think it. We are so scared to admit that failure, to admit our weaknesses. We think it'll make them think less of us. And I truly believe that it leads to healthy self-reflection and it leads to a stronger relationship of trust. That they're like, okay, my mom's not totally unreasonable, mm-hmm. and it kind of brings their guard down a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I, I really think about, you always hear about mothers and daughters and the fighting and how, you know, it's one of the most tense relationships out there with mothers and teen daughters. But, you know, we may not be able to eliminate all tension and all argument. That's just part of any relationship and especially maybe this age. But one thing I really think is a goal to work toward is to help our daughters and our teenagers learn to argue with us well and to listen and just to have those healthy debates. Because I see so many girls and grown women who cannot handle conflict. You know, they have conflict with somebody, they can't talk it out. And so they resort to passive aggressive tactics, which is used to be my strategy and just, you know, it hurts their relationships. And so to be able to have that healthy debate and say what we're feeling, but in a speaking that truth and love and in a way like, I love you, but it draws, you know, it really hurt my feelings when you did this, Mm -hmm. that it really, if you can have those respectful conversations, even when you disagree, I think you can learn something about each other and yourself to get to a stronger point in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, you know, you're still modeling, you know, for your Mm -hmm. child. And the more that we can admit mistakes, um, and, and apologize and grow, the more that they give themselves permission to do so. We are not perfect. We, gosh, parents are far from perfect. I actually posted on uh, Facebook a little bit ago, a couple days ago, about um, some people view that saying sorry to your child is something that you don't have to do. And other others believe that you, you know, saying sorry to your child is very important. What's your view? And people were chiming in from all over the place. Of course, you've got to be able to apologize to your child. How are they going to learn, you know, that that uh, this is this is something that we all have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's I think it is important. I really am. like that you ask your child about what it is that's bothering them that you're doing so that you can have some self-reflection. Yes, it takes courage. Yes, you know, you need to toughen up a little bit by, you know, being able to open yourself up to hearing it. But I think it is progress because I don't think that that is something that previous generations really did because it was Mm -hmm. all about sort of being in control and, you know, this is, I am the adult and you are the child. But now I think that we're really embarking on, on more of an equal footing with relationships, understanding that even when somebody is younger, Mm-hmm. And their development is not as advanced as as ours, that their opinion matters, how they feel mm-hmm. matters, and that we, again, are not perfect and we have a long way to go. I agree completely. And one thing I really think about a lot, too, is something that my friend Sissy Goff has written in a parenting book. She talked about having rules in relationship, which I mentioned earlier, and she said a lot of parents today grew up with a very rules driven relationship with their parents mm-hmm. that it was the parents had the rules, but there wasn't a lot of relationship there. And so these parents, these kids grew up and became parents. And now our generation, we focus a lot on the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes to a fault, right. not giving them as many rules because we don't want them mad at us mm-hmm. and we want them to t- talk to us and tell us the truth about what's going on. And they're they're you know, with their friends, but you, you've got to have both. Mm-hmm. You've got, if, if you're not the parent, who's going to be the parent for mm-hmm. them. So, so we've got to, play, you know, play that hard role of setting boundaries and, you know, having consequences and all of that. But if we want to keep that voice in their life and not have that secret resentment on their end, then we've also got to work on that relationship side. Mm -hmm. So we're not coming in like this sledgehammer that Mm -hmm. you do what I say and don't talk back. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
well, we'll take that in and we've got to, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to think about it on all ends. And the balance is challenging. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, the parents who are listening in and the adults that are listening into this podcast are, are completely set up for this challenge. <laughs> so give mm-hmm. us your top tip. Where, what, what is the information that you truly want us to walk away with after this podcast about how we can uh, raise, you know, successful, happy, grounded girls um, and, and, and the truths that you really want them to know? I would say just to let everything be driven by love and not let our pride get in the way or our fear of looking like a failure as a parent, just to forget about that, um, to really just let love drive the way and to um, get comfortable offering apologies and listening to your teenager. That is huge, I think. Just letting them talk, mm-hmm. letting them feel like they have a voice. I have a friend who said that he used to, we'd have, they'd have car talks, and they, he would drive around the block with his teenagers. And in that time, they could say whatever they wanted. And at the end, he had the final say, but he allowed them to voice their opinion and their thoughts freely. And sometimes he did change his mind, sometimes he didn't, but that really helped build the relationship. Mm. So just listening and letting everything be driven by love. And by love, I mean, you know, wanting what's best for them long term. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means making hard decisions now they don't understand, but maybe one day they will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Give us the resource of the week. Where can we go to get more information about you and uh, all the work you're doing? Okay, thank you. Uh, probably the best place is my blog, and it's kerrycampakis.com, uh, and there's a, a whole section on for my blog. I write a good bit about parenting and especially about parenting girls. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Well, I just want to thank you, Carrie, for your insight and your strategies and your work on girls. And I really appreciate uh, all the the information that you brought to us today about the truths that we really want our girls to know. Understanding that, yes, we need to talk to our girls, but we also need to listen and we need to see them for who they are. We also have to make some hard choices and have some tough conversations that may seem unpleasant, but this is indeed part of raising girls uh, so that they can become the best that they can be and our relationship can grow and become as strong during the teenage years as it had been uh, during the younger years and continues to grow into adulthood. So thank you so very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends, I know you have yours, so let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook, we can go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page, or let's chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. I'm also on Instagram at drrobinsilverman. I'll be going back and forth with Carrie Kampakis about uh, all the great things that she's doing. I'll be creating memes on some of the things that she said so that we can share them uh, throughout the internet and uh, make sure people know about these great truths that we want our girls to know. And if you love this podcast, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so other people can learn about all the great things that Carrie is doing and also hear about the podcast. The more that you uh, provide a review and you rate it and you let people know about it, the more the uh, the parents in our lives, the teachers in our lives, the coaches in our kids' lives are going to have the top-notch information from the best experts all across the board. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today, my fellow parents, leaders, and educators. Thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. So many great podcasts up there, and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. I know it's not easy, but never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. Perhaps you heard something today where you realize, oh, I've got to have that conversation or I did that and I didn't do it well. That's okay. We all make mistakes. We can always move forward and we can always try again. I see you and I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parents you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. been listening to how to talk to kids about anything with dr robin silverman for more information